In my ministry, I've been blessed with the privilege of preaching to uh, many athletes. I've been connected to some people who've been connected to the NFL. And um, uh, so as a result of it, I found myself preaching at times and brought in to when some of the teams came to New York to play. And, um, and one particular time, I got a, a, a strange request to preach, not to the NFL, because I really look forward to those, because those came with perks. I would get tickets to the game. <laughs> okay, all right, tough crowd. Amen. But uh, 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 one of my friends called me up and he said, they're starting a league called the UFL. I said, what is that? He said, well, it's a league where a lot of guys who have been injured and sidelined are trying to start back their careers because they can't jump right into it's sort of like if you watch the nba a d-league situation to the nba so that if you're if if you're trying your best to get into the league there is a place that you can be seen first and so uh they were doing a game they were playing a game in long island and before the game i was called to preach to some of the brothers there i went there i preached and afterwards i had no idea what this league the startup league was about and I began to speak to one of the young men as he spoke to me he, he began to tell me how much potential he had and what team I think he was playing for the New Orleans Saints at the time and so as he was telling me his story he said you know something happened to his leg he got injured because as you know in the NFL it's a hundred percent injury rate every NFL player that will play will get injured so um, he told me he really injured his leg real bad, and it didn't recover as fast. But he was also telling me of, of how good he was. And I don't remember all the details of his story, but I do remember this. It was amazing to hear the amount of potential promise, the amount of money that was being thrown at him. But at the same time, him saying that there is this disability now that is stopping all of that and it is interesting that inside of one being is this tremendous potential promise this ability right but inside the same individual is this disability that stops him from going forward and so technically what he was doing is what we all know that happens in sports. When you get injured, it is one of the most devastating things that can happen to an athlete because they don't know when they're going to recover, if they're going to recover, if they're going to ever be 100% again, if they will ever be able to play at the level. And you know if you don't perform at a certain level, the check goes and the endorsement goes. And, and this world is cruel because they only pay you for what you can give them. They don't care about you. They care about how you can perform. And so that's why it's dangerous if you find your value in your own performance. Let the world pay you for your performance, but don't you be fooled by your own performance. Because when you are no longer capable of performing, the applause go. Come on, talk to me in this place. And so, 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 so what he was telling me really uh, struck with me and uh, uh, I said, man, he's really sidelined at this point because I was asking him, if your leg never recovers to where you want it to go, what do you do? And he was basically saying, I've done this all my life. And you know how footballers are for real, right? Like, like if you meet somebody in the NFL, they were playing what they call it, peewee. Pee-wee, that's not Pee-wee Herman, all right? That's if you got to be a football. So the little kids like Silas and them putting on, I told Sherry the other day, I said, we should put them in football. Sherry said, no way. They're going to play soccer. They're going to use their foot. Amen. And, uh, 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 but from a young age, they're doing that. Then they go up and move up the line. And as they move up the line, you know, they play football all their life. And so all they know is football. And so to ask a football player, what are you going to do now with your life? He's basically saying to me, I'm not only sidelined from the game, but I'm sidelined from life. Because I don't know what my next move is going to be. And unless a miracle happens, I'm stuck here. Today I want to talk to you from the topic, sidelined. Because I don't know about you, but have you ever been 
in a situation where you feel like I have the ability, but then there are things in my life that gives me a disability. Oh, for some people, that thing that sidelines you might be the loss of a loved one. And you want to move on in life, but you can't figure out the questions that you have in your mind. How can I get past this moment? You know, that, that sounds simple, but for many Christians, that's a devastating move because oftentimes you would hear people get up on a stage and, and preach and talk about how God healed their family member and God healed my mother and God healed my brother and God healed my cousin. But you're sitting there and you're like, I prayed to the same God, but that didn't happen in my situation. So how do I reconcile this thought? And you can't move on in faith. And as a result, when your faith is shot, you start to look for other things to cope with in life. Some people go to the extent of drinking. Some people go to the extent of living loose and trying whatever the world might throw at them. And next you know their life is sidelined. I don't know about you, but there are many people that are there. Not only uh, the loss of a loved one, for some people it might be sickness in their bodies. For some people it might be depression. For some people it's their past. For some people, you can't move forward because you got a million things pulling you back. For some people, it might be the abuse in a past. You know how many people are 27 but are still living at 7? Come on, talk to me in this place. Do you know how many people, for some people, it might be your own fault. Stuff you never took care of. You never did your homework and now you realize why you should have. Okay, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You, you never did what you were supposed to. You never understood. You were the kid that always said, am I ever going to use X plus Y? You were the kid that fold the homework up and put it in your back pocket. Now you realize that not only were they trying to teach you the knowledge, but responsibility. And you can't go nowhere in life now because you've heard this all your life. You're so smart, but you're irresponsible. And what is causing you not to be successful is not your knowledge, it's your character. I ain't going to get a lot of amens today. I came to preach today. And so there are many people that are sidelined in life. And, and the funny thing is when you're sidelined, you're watching the whole game go by. There's people whose divorce has sidelined them. There's people in a marriage, and the marriage is supposed to be joyful, but the marriage is, y'all ain't going to say nothing, sidelining you. There are people who prayed for children, and when you got them, you want to give them back to God. This was not the child I prayed for. Remember you prayed for a child who would go to Harvard? But now they headed to Rikers? Remember you prayed for a child and you said, God, make them to be like you, just like me. And then they are just like you. Then you realize, I don't really like me when I see me in somebody else. The, the dynamics of life is crazy because whether this relates to you or not, it will. Eventually, something will happen in your life that may not be your fault or may be directly your fault that will sideline you in life and make you feel like everybody else is playing the game. But where is my life going? Shall we pray today? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. Your word is blessed. I thank you that you are going to move in this house. And I pray in the name of Jesus that for the next few moments, you would touch the lives of the people in this house and cause them to realize that you are able to change every circumstance in their life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the book of Mark. Chapter 10, verse 46 through 52, and we're going to read. There's a famous story there that says this. Then they came to Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man. The Bible tells you his disability first. I want you all to take your time and see this. The blind man, his name was Bartimaeus, which means 
son of Timaeus. He was sitting by the roadside begging. Do y'all see that? And watch this. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout or cry out as some of your versions might say. He began to shout and he didn't just shout anything. It was specific. He said, Jesus, son of uh, you remember the Pharisees said, we know who our father is, but who's your father? That's what they said to Jesus. This was not the attitude of the man. He knew what lineage he came from. He said, son of David, have mercy on me. If you're going to have mercy on me, that makes you somebody who is able to give mercy. You, you, you see the speech, the language is different already. And so he said that, go on, go on. And the Bible says, Many rebuked him and told him, shut your mouth, be quiet. But guess what he did? He shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. There is a shout that stops Jesus. There's a lot of people shouting in this room today, but every shout is not stopping Jesus. I, I came to have to. that's why when we were worshiping there were spectators there were congratulators there were people worrying about if they were cute but I believe that there were a couple of people who were shouting differently when we were worshiping when we got to that part that says you have no rival there was somebody singing that differently in this place who am I talking to today who's got a shout in them today that is able to The, the, the Bible says Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped. To stop Jesus. To stop. Jesus is a busy man, y'all. To stop Jesus, you got to have a next shout. Yeah. And the Bible says Jesus called him. Not only did he stop him, but he got his attention to say bring him. And when, listen, the greatest thing that can ever call you is God. Amen. Amen. There is not another calling on earth that is greater than when Jesus calls you. And the Bible says, look at this. They said. <laughs> so they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. The same people, same people. I'm going to talk about them in a minute. I come in. I come in, kids. I come in. Deal with them. Throwing his cloak aside. That's how you come to Jesus. He, he, he. Throwing the, the cloak, the cloak, the, I'm, I'm preaching ahead of myself. The cloak was what he used for many days when it was cold. It was his home. It was his tent. It was his dwelling place. But when Jesus began to call him, he had no reservations but to leave where he was. And he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. I want to see. Hallelujah. Anybody want to see? Come on. Hallelujah. He says, I want to see. Jesus said, go. Your faith. You see, Jesus really stopped to tell him all that you were speaking is already doing the work. I'm traveling with all these people, but they ain't speaking like you're speaking. And really, what is it that you want from me? Because you already know who I am. Yeah. What, what do you want? To, and the man said, I want to see. And Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Immediate, 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 immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the, along the, along the, along the, along the road. Hallelujah. I want to start off by telling you something today. My first point to you today is your value is not determined by your situation. I have another way of saying that. Doubt your situation before you doubt who God says you are. In other words, I don't care if you broke right now. Let your situation be a liar and let God be true. 
I don't care if everything around you, you look outside, there's no good, none. There's not a good report on any news media station. But I am not going to live according to the description of the situation. Because when I get to Revelation and I read the end of the book, we win. And I doubt the situation before I doubt God. My value is not in my situation. Let me help y'all. Y'all ain't hearing me yet. You see, can we go deeper, Stacey? You came for some word today, right? The Bible doesn't just tell you he is the son of Timaeus for no reason. Can I put you on to something here? The word Timaeus means highly prized or honored. So the Bible stops to tell you a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of the honored... Is it possible to be somebody who is the son of high price, son of value, and still be in a situation that is lying about who you really are? I am not my situation. I am the head and come on somebody. I am the head and not the tail. I am not what the world says I am. I am not what is happening to me. Greater is he. You see you got to get this different. It's not that things won't happen. It's not that stuff won't happen in your life. It will happen. Life will come and beat you and throw the hardest of punches. It's not what happens to you. It's how you react to it. It's what you're saying to yourself. It's who you believe you are that matters hallelujah and the bible says the son of Timaeus the son of an honored man was in a situation that was lying about who he really is oh gosh I want you to know today that it is possible for you to feel like listen don't you ever let your situation determine your value you are not what you've been through you're what you're going to and don't, listen, the comparison thing. We live in a world where we compare ourselves. That's why social media, I'm telling you now, with it is the increase of depression, the increase of suicide. People don't even know what to do with their lives. They're looking at other people's marriage. And I can tell you this from firsthand experience. Everything you're comparing yourself to is a lie. They're not showing you the truth, just like you don't show the truth. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. And when you compare your life, you begin to feel insignificant. And so you look at what everybody else has and you look at whatever and I should be further. God does not look at you the same way the world looks at you. In the world, you are measured by what you can produce. In the world, you are measured by your likes and your subscribers. In the world, you are measured by your bank account. But there's a God in heaven who's not impressed with any of that. He made that. He is more impressed with your character. And do you know whose you are? Jesus was around a lot of people. There's no doubt there was rich people that was coming out to see who he was. There's no doubt the Pharisees in the upper echelon were traveling behind him. There was no doubt all these different people were following him. But one man caught his attention. It was the man whose situation you would think would never catch the attention of Jesus. Because his situation was a liar. His God was true. Your value is not in your situation. Here's another point I want to make to you today. Life can change. Listen, here's what a lot of us do. Your life can change. And oftentimes when you say that, people always think that towards the negative. So they're in a good place in life and they say, well, enjoy it because you know life can change. I want you to know, too, that the opposite is true. If you're in a bad place, we never stop to think that life can actually change to a good place. Here's the problem. Most of us, we die in the moment that is bad. I want you to don't die in the moment. Don't die in your moment. Don't die. Don't die. I watched this whole pandemic. This pandemic is traumatizing. People don't know where to go with their life from here. Governments don't know where to go from here. The world don't know where to go from here. A lot of people don't. Life has changed for a lot of people. And what you will tend to do is try to react to it and make decisions to fix what you're feeling. Your feeling is a lie. 
Yeah, you might wake up to this like me. I watch TV. How anybody watch TV? Let me show you how lying emotions are. Sometimes uh, 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 Savannah always got these scary movies that she said, Dad, you got to see this one. I don't know what it is, but pray for me and my daughter. We like to scare ourselves silly. Sometimes I would watch a movie late night, lights off, scaring myself, and then somebody got to go close the door. As grown as I am, I'm like, can, can somebody? You know, <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is that something that is not reality messed with my emotions. And because my emotions is feeling their reality, I'm making a TV show my reality. That's how much you could trust your emotions. So when you're telling yourself everyday life over nothing in it, tell your own self you a liar. This ain't what God says. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. Hallelujah. Who am I talking to in this? Who am I talking to in this place? Who am I talking to in this place? It doesn't matter what I feel now. Life can change. And in this particular story, let me tell you what makes life easy to change. Because the Bible says Jesus was coming into the town. Let me tell you something. Everything changes when Jesus shows up. I don't care what you've been through. You could have an issue of blood for 12 years. Going to doctor to doctor and not finding a cure. But but when Jesus is coming into the town, all you got to do is have, a, if I may touch the helm of his garment, I may be made whole. You can look through the stories after stories. Whenever Jesus shows up, lives changes and your life, whatever it is right now, it can change. I'm going to stay there a little bit more. I'm going to stay. Your depression will not last. I don't know who that was for, but somebody needs to shout. The, what they did to you is not going to have a stronghold forever. Your addictions will be broken. God will restore the joy of your... Who am I talking to in this place? God will bring to pass every promise. It is not you to fulfill God's promise. It is God who fulfills his promise, and he is more than able. More than able to keep his word in your life. God is able. Your life can change. Tell yourself, my life can change. My life can change. And God can step in your life and make it brand new. Look at this. Look at this. this the third point I want to make to you today is stop focusing on what you don't have. Many people live their life looking at what I don't have. And I can't be anything because I don't have. I don't have. It is not what you don't have that God will bless you with. It's what you have. And until you open your eyes and begin to focus on what you have, you're going to miss life. Let me show you from this man's life. The Bible says he was blind. He had a disability. He could simply sit there and say, I'm blind. I'm blind, everybody. I'm blind. This is all I am. This is all I will ever be. But the Bible says when Jesus walked by, it tells you two specific things. Number one, he heard. He couldn't see, but he could. And it wasn't what he didn't have. It was what he had that, y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. The Bible said he heard too many times people are saying, the reason why I'm not further in life is because of where I was born. Oh, it don't matter where you were born. It don't matter where you came from. I want you to know that right now there's somebody who existed in a worse condition than you. And they rose out of it. You have no... It, the reason I am where I am is because if I lived in a... It's, it's because of the country where I was. Because, listen, if God be for you, there ain't nothing... That can, the reason I can't go further is because of the lack of education I never received. I didn't have the opportunities. It's the color of my skin. Listen, there might be racist people in the world. There might be people who marginalize you and take advantage of you. But there is a God. There's a God. Somebody needs. See, we got to talk different from the world. There ain't a person in this world who could hold me back if God says something is for me. Put me in a pit and I will end up in a palace. 
That's the type of God we serve. Hallelujah. Put me in a basket. I'll come back and deliver the people and say to Pharaoh, let God spy. I don't know who I'm talking to today. Put me to watch the sheep while you anoint all my brothers. When I walk back in, they will all stand up and recognize that God, God, I'm telling you, when God is in the equation, there ain't a thing that can stop you. Too many people are focused on what they don't have. And because you're always focused on what you don't have, you will always not have. His hearing and his mouth brought him his eyes. Oh, I'm broke. Nothing's ever going to open for me. And this and that is a pandemic. This is happening. I can show you people. Listen, the world has shown you all the negative. But let me let you know God didn't go to sleep at the wheel. There are people being blessed. There are people ministering this gospel. Lives are being changed. People's homes are being restored. It's not all bad news. God is still on the throne. Who am I talking to today in this house? I never focus on what I don't have. Amen. When I was a young rapper, top five, dead or alive. I notice everybody be saying that now when they talk to me. It's good marketing. When I was young, I was 18 years old. I said, I want to do music. I used to come to this church and I used to clean it. My dad was the pastor. I used to vacuum. First got the calling of God on my life right in that corner by that Post. I was vacuuming that post. Not the post. <laughs> That's why I don't vacuum no more. I gave it over to Sister Sherry. I just moved it on. I was in that corner. And I was uh, pushing that vacuum at a young age. The Lord said, you're going to pass to this church one day. That was strange. As I got older, I knew my giftings and my talent was unique. I had two choices in life. I heard Michael Jordan used to be out in the backyard shooting the basketball in the cold. So I felt like if I went outside and shoot in winter, I could be Michael. But see, I had a little problem. I couldn't really grab the rebound every time. I'll leave it alone. And my other gift then was I was good at, at putting music together. And I realized that the church had no place for a person like me. I didn't belong. They said it was devil music. They had preachers preaching while I was in the back saying, this is Satan. Satan's using them. I want you to know it's been years and years and years and I'm still loving Jesus. Let me tell you something. I was 18 years old and nobody was inviting me anywhere. I said, God, if I'm going to make this something, I've got to learn how to make it a ministry and make it something that is also going to help me live financially. And nobody was calling me. And I could have did like many other people and focus on who's not calling me. I started focusing on who called me. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. And I knew God called me and I said that was enough. I went and booked uh, Wingate High School at 18 years old and put on a concert to an auditorium. They not know who coming, who not coming, who whatever. And asked my dad at the time in the church, he had two PV speakers. If you're a sound man, you don't ever want to walk into a place and see the word PV currently. Back then it was popping. Now you'll panic. And I took the man's speaker and I put it in a, a, a speakers that for this room, I put in an auditorium that seats a lot of people, I blew out the man's speaker. The next day he was coming to church, he said, where are my speakers? I said, God, go pro I didn't say that. <laughs> I was dodging him the whole morning. I got an older brother who knew a little bit about equipment who, I don't know if he, I don't know what happened. I was rescued. I didn't die. I made it. <laughs> but I did that concert. And from that, God begun to open doors. 
and other doors and other doors. Nobody was buying music. I used to make my CDs and stand in front of New Life Christian Bookstore and give them out for free. And this is what happened one day in my life. A man said to me, I just left the store and I got your music. I want you to do a concert. I said, sure, I could come sing a song for you. He said, no, sir. I want you to come and minister the whole hour to my entire church, a big church in the Bronx. I said, but, but I ain't ready. I only have like three songs. But let me tell you something. It's not what you don't have. It's what you have. And the man called me. I went there. I did the concert. And that's how I came up. Many of you know me with the devil intro. And I went home and I said, Sherry, I got to come out like I'm crazy. And I went uh, to a friend of mine and I recorded that particular thing that to this day, I don't even have to say a word once it's played on the screen. I walk out in audiences all over already in worship. People are already touched. Lives are changed. That all I got to do is come out and say, anybody love Jesus? And from then, South, uh, South uh, Central Distribution took my record and put it in bookstores everywhere. I found myself being called to tour with other artists I found myself in Europe I found myself in Canada I found myself throughout the Caribbean I found myself going everywhere why? because I did not use what I didn't have I used what I had and God blessed me God opened doors for me and God continued let me tell you something stop looking listen stop looking at everybody else's marriage that ain't what you have you got what you got at home make that work Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. Y'all see, y'all ain't saying, I don't stop looking at everybody's children. When people call me and they try to tell me you heard such and such child is doing good. What about your child? I tell them this is the last conversation we're gonna ever have. Because I don't compare my children, and don't you dare compare them. Because every child is unique, and the ones I got is the ones who God gave me. And if He gave them to me, they're the best. They're, and He gave them to me because I am privileged to steward them. I am called to steward them. Not you, not anybody else. And if I pay attention to what's in front of me and stop being distracted, if I use what I got, I'll get what I don't have. You sit at home and you got, never, never, never before have you sit among Americans with thousands of dollars. There's a brother in this church during the pandemic took his iPhone and made two albums. I was impressed because I know I couldn't do that. I was like, you did this with a what? <laughs> Sounded quality. There are people that are using things that you think you, you need and they're making life happen. Yeah. The Bible says that when he heard, he then shouted. And watch the next thing. Watch this, y'all. Here's my next point. I'm almost done. I'm going to let y'all go. Kester said, take your time. Kester live all the way in Guyana. He ain't got nowhere to go. I ain't in a rush. My next event is till next weekend. I ain't got nowhere to go, Pastor. Point number four. Men's opinions are not your finality. Can I show you something? The minute he began to shout, what did the people say? Shut up. Because they looked at his status. And men will always judge you based on what you look like and where they think you belong. Don't ever let no man tell you where you belong. Y'all know my story how I got my first house. I walked into the real estate office, casting the guy looked at me with braids, and he said, tell that guy he, he should rent. I said, who's this uncircumcised Philistine to, to tell me that I'm a renter? I tell Sherry, I said, call every real estate agent and tell them whatever amount of money they need for down payment, we have it. He didn't have it. <laughs> I wasn't lying, guess. I was faithing. <laughs> That's how Christians lie. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I said to myself, who's this man to determine my destiny? Yeah. Who's this man to determine if I own something or should, what I should have? It? No man ain't strong enough. Your, your name ain't God. No and let me tell you something. That's what people will do. When people see you trying to get out your situation, there will always be somebody who's going to want to hate you and keep you in there. There's always going to be somebody who's going to have something negative to say. People are always going to bring up your past. People are always going to tell you, blind, shut up. You came from this. You, you divorced 
this, you, you, this happened to you. That happened to you. This, this is in your life. You have no right to shout to Jesus. Let me tell you something. If it depended on our qualifications to call out on God, this room would be silent. Because not one person in here is qualified to go before the throne. The only reason we are going to be able to go before the throne and is able is because of the blood that was shed. They told him, come on, somebody. Don't let your past hold you back. Don't get the voices out your head. God is not saying what they're saying. God is saying what his son said, that it is finished. You keep saying they're going to say that I did this. They're going to say this about my past. God isn't saying that. God is saying it is finished. Your hallelujah matters to God. He said, shut up. And when Jesus called him, because Jesus wasn't moved by his situation, Jesus knew he was the son of the honored. You see, he called him, and then when he called him, look at men. Cheer up. There's some real hustlers in this story. They're like, well, if you're going to get in with the boss, yo, man, remember when I gave you $10? Remember when you were begging and I hooked you? I remember I bought you a meal at Wendy's? Let's go to Jesus. Come, come. They were fighting now to escort him. When you begin to change your life, you're going to have a lot of friends. I'm telling you, that's the opinion of men and they're not your finality. Don't live for men's opinions, y'all. Listen to this. Recognition brings restoration. The Bible says he is Bartimaeus, son of the honored. Son of the high price. But there's not only one son of being mentioned here. The man himself said, and you are the son of David. He recognized who Jesus was. All these other people are traveling behind Jesus. But only this blind man is seeing it. And he says, you are the son of David. And if you fail to recognize who God is in your life, you will never have the restoration, the redemption, and the things that God can bring. Christianity doesn't work for a lot of people because we've been taught a Christianity that tells us God should recognize who I am. It doesn't work that way. You've got to recognize who he is. Is he Lord of all? No, 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 no. Not just Lord on Sundays when you feel like you're going to go to church because you don't want to watch the stream. That's what Christianity is boiling down to for a lot of people in these times. Let me tell you something. Serving the Lord is not a Sunday morning experience. It's not a sermon. It's not. Serving the Lord is a daily walk. Jesus said, if any man is going to be my follower, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Every day of your life, that's what you got to do. Let me tell you something. As I'm preaching this, I promise you there's people in here that just see Jesus as a means to an end. The only time you thank Jesus is when he gives you something. The only time you know Jesus is when your dreams have been granted. But there's a God I know that will take you through hard times. There's a God I know who will strip everything from you. And in those hard times, if you don't have a relationship with you, you'll let go because you came after his hand, not after his heart. I'm after his heart today. God, no matter what comes my way, I'm your child. No matter who applauds it, no matter who sees it, I'm your child. And let me tell you, he recognized who he was. He called him uh, according to a messianic uh, uh, speech here, saying, you are the promised Messiah, the son of David. And then he was restored. I'm done. My last point is blindness is not being able to see. That's what blindness is. Blindness is not being able to see. And Jesus got all these people following him. And the Bible tells you that one man is blind. But if I were to really argue this philosophically, I'd like to tell you that all of them were blind and he's the only one really seeing. You see, if I were blind... the part of the story that puzzles me 
If I've never seen colors, if I've never seen people, I've never seen the beauty of the world, and all I've ever done was been sidelined, and I could hear people passing by. I could, I, could, I could smell food and I could smell fragrances. I could smell cologne. I could, but I can't see what's causing that. What? And then God is about to give me sight. I want to see everything that I've never seen. Because there's so much I haven't seen. I haven't seen colors I haven't seen landscape I haven't seen rivers I haven't seen what the waterfalls look so much I haven't seen and now he's going to give me back sight I want to see it all the Bible says in that last verse if you would throw that last verse up for me that of all the places he could go when he got his sight back them last lines say come on this man didn't run to see the Grand Canyon or the Niagara Falls and see and live life and I want to see Vegas and I want to see uh, the northern lights in Alaska because the greatest thing he will ever see why well, see the creation and you got the creator Not many people are around Jesus. And they want Jesus to open up their life so that they could go see everything that is not Jesus. They want God to bless them so that they could pour all their energies into corporations and a system that is not Jesus. And so they remain blind. In their futile chase to find life in the absence of where Jesus is. But then there are those whose eyes are opened. And they come off the sideline. And they strap up. And they back in the game. And the only thing they want to do is follow Jesus. And so now their job is just a job that exists to glorify God. Their marriage must glorify God. Everything I do must give him glory. Because there ain't a thing out there that is more beautiful than the glory of the sun. Let me tell you something in this place. You can see life and miss Jesus. You can see all the beauties of the world and miss Jesus. But when you see Jesus, you really see what life was meant to be. And this man came off the sidelines because he decided that I'm going to trust the God that made me and if you did the same thing today he will change your life let's bow our heads and close our eyes in this place God I cry out to you today there are things in my life that need to change and I can't change them but you can all power and all glory belongs to you you in this room and you need a touch from God why don't you begin to lift your hands and cry out God I can't get rid of this bitterness God I can't get rid of this addiction God I don't know how to but I want to change have mercy on me I don't believe my situation I believe you I believe that I'm not what I'm going through. I believe who you are in my life. Change my circumstance. Change my marriage. Change my home. Change my mind. Change, bring peace. Bring joy. Restore 
Father, oh, somebody in this room, for the last couple of weeks, God has been restoring some things in your life. You've been seeing God's hands move. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hands and begin to worship God. Like never before, God is showing you that I can restore what the enemy told you was taken from you. You will, oh my gosh, somebody ought to begin to praise and worship God in this room right now. Who am I talking to in this room? You are allowing your past to get the best of you. But God says today your past has no hold over you. Leave it alone. He don't bring it up. You don't bring it up. Come on, worship him in this place. Who am I talking to today? Hallelujah. God, hallelujah, is going to restore. You don't have to be on the sidelines anymore. You don't have to be on the sidelines of life anymore. Live, live, live. Who am I talking to? Who am I talking to? Hallelujah. If I'm talking to you today, then declare, agree with God's word in your life and say, I'm not going to let these addictions hold me back. I'm not going to let friends hold me back. I'm not going to let a thing hold me back. I'm not going to let what happened to me hold me back. I'm not going to let the season that this world is in hold me back. I am making up my mind right now. If God be for me, somebody, I don't need everybody to connect with this. But I believe God is doing something in this house right now. God can restore. Come on, lift your hands all over this room. Come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, I pray for every person in this room. God, you are their God. How could I be highly prized and my situation say something different? I'm sidelined because of my situation. Let every devil be a liar and let God's word be true. I am who you say I am. 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 And they that wait upon the Lord, he will renew your strength. They that wait upon the Lord, come on somebody. They that sow in tears shall go away rejoicing. Hallelujah. Bringing, oh my gosh. Weeping may endure for a night. Who am I talking to? But joy is coming in the morning. But joy is coming in the morning. Hallelujah. God will restore. God will reconcile. God will do it in your life. If you let him. God, I lift up every person in this room before you. And I pray that you would touch them. And bring them out of every situation that is trying to sideline them in their life right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you're watching online or you're in this building and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's the first thing you want to do to get off the sideline. Ask him to come into your heart. Pray with me today, church city. Say, Father God. I ask you to come into my life and forgive me of every sin. I pray, oh Lord, that I know you died and arose again that I may be saved. And from today, I am your child. Fill me with your spirit that I may live for you and follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody shout amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, give Jesus a round of applause. So good to see each and every one of you. Just some quick announcements before you leave. Those that are watching online, if you said that prayer and if you're in the house, we've got a book that we want to get to you. If you want to know about Jesus, we've got classes that can help you know about Jesus. All we need you to do is go to our website and hit the tab that says, I accepted Jesus. And there will be a class available to walk you through what that means and bring you to your next step. Amen. And um, we teach that class and it's growing. There's a lot of people in it, connecting in it. And so we want you to be a part of that. Amen. Also, this Tuesday, like I said, for the entire church, we'll be on Zoom. The link is on churchcityusa.com at 7 p.m. 
and uh, we'll be doing communion in the beginning and then Dejean will take it over and lead Bible study from that point. So I invite you to come on and let's do communion together, amen. We still want to remember what Jesus did in our lives. And uh, on Friday night, the young people, the youth night, we're going to have another one, amen. One of the youth was asking me, he said, Pastor, you had all these events every weekend. What you doing this weekend? I said, hey, I ran out. I ain't got nothing else. So the youth is going to be meeting. We're going to give the Friday to them so that they can come in and fellowship like we did a couple Friday nights ago. We had such a wonderful time. And so Friday, the meeting. Sunday, we're back in here to worship. We're trying to do something tremendous at the end of this month. Everybody knows that uh, this is the month where, you know, they're going to have Halloween and they're going to give out candies and all of that. And me and my wife, we're working on something that we could do for this neighborhood. And we're going to need your involvement. We just need to speak to some of the neighbors and see if we can uh, uh, have their permission to be involved. What we want to do is, how many of you remember when we did the, the, the thing for the children in the yard? Some of you were here for that. Remember that? Well, we want to do that with our cars. Remember when we decorated the car? We want, to, we want to bring the Bible of life in the trunk of our car. And we want to pull up our cars all up and down this block. And as people are walking up and down trick-or-treating, we're going to have candy there, amen, if they want. But there's going to be a Bible lesson for every child that they can stop and hear something about the Word of God instead of hearing about all the nonsense they're going to hear about. And so we just we just need some permission from our neighbors, and when we get the green light, we're going to make that happen. And it'll be simple. Anybody that wants to participate, we'll show you how to decorate the trunk of your car. You pull up your car, and when kids come up to you, you scare them. No, I'm joking. When kids come up to you, tell them about Jesus. You tell them about Jesus and what he's done in your life. Amen. And um, I'm so grateful to God for a church that continues to evangelize and want to see people so saved. Listen, the most essential thing in the pandemic was the gospel because people is not going to only die from corona, but everybody will die. Breaking news, guys. You weren't meant to live forever. It's what happens after that is essential. And only the gospel is the answer for the afterlife. And so we got to continue to preach this. Amen. And so partner with us. And everybody that's watching online, everybody that's in the building, we want to thank you for your support and all that you continue to give into us and to this ministry. If you would like to sow today and you're watching online or you'd like to sow and you're in the house, you can give digitally. The ways are on your screen. Or you can give conventionally. The ushers are standing by. Brother Trav is there. And if you need an envelope or whatever, he will give that to you. And all of the ways you can give are on your screen, Cash App, Zelle, or go to our website, churchcityusa.com. Every time you sow, it allows us to go further and further. Amen. And so we are grateful for that. Were you blessed today? Amen. Come on, let's stand and we're going to close in prayer. And we're going to say goodbye to our online audience and... You know, I just want you to enjoy your week this week. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Amen. Father, we bless your name in this place and we give you praise. And as we leave this place, but never your presence, I pray that you would bless your people. Bless those that are giving. Bless those that are sowing. Bless this entire church. Keep them safe during the week. Watch over them. Keep them in good health and bring them back here to worship God safely in the mighty name of Jesus. Well, we've got something that we say in this church before we go and before we let our online audience go. Amen. Would y'all help me say that today? Come on, smile with a neighbor today. Tell them it's good to see you in the house of the Lord. Smile with your eyes. Amen. Come on, smile with your eyes. In the midst of crisis, we are focused on who Christ is. Thank y'all for joining us today. God bless you online and God bless your church city. You can turn the lights up in the building. God bless you today. <laughs>